When I was a boy, my brother and I would often get cards for various occasions from family members. This was a nice gesture. Often our grandparents would send us a card in the mail for this or that. Sometimes these cards would contain money, and we would be very happy about these cards. In these joyous occasions, my brother taught me a trick to play. He played it on me because he was older and wiser, so he learned it first. He would see me with my card and then ask, well, Jason, what did you get? And I might say, oh, Grandma gave me $5. Isn't that great? And then he would respond with, oh, you didn't get 10 Now, the first few times I fell for it, going from suddenly happy and thankful to worried and suspicious. Of course, he would have gotten $5 just like me, but he just wanted to see me spin in my anxiety, and he was successful in this a number of times. But isn't that the way of our human nature? Generally, we are given what we need, yet so often we look over our shoulders to see what our brother or sister has, or anyone else for that matter, comparing away the joy of the gift to begin with. And isn't that the observation of Jesus in our parable today? And he says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Can you believe that? Like an older brother playing a trick on his younger brother? Yes, as unfair as this sounds, and this, by the way, is unfair, but there's a promise here for you in the midst of it. It is that the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. We heard this in our psalm today. We also heard it from Jonah. And it is true. So much so that this Lord takes away all of your sin, the sins which bring comparison, jealousy, and anger. Jesus takes all of that as far as the east is from the west, as we heard last week. And in their place, Jesus gives to you his peace. Though you do not deserve it, he gives it to you anyway. And so... On account of this, I can say to you, grace and peace from God our Father and His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, be yours today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, these are yours. Amen. No, this is not a pleasing parable, is it? It seems quite unfair that those working vastly different amounts, some worked the whole day, some worked one hour, would get the same pay. This is quite a different pay rate. Certainly there is a workers' union somewhere that would take up the cause for these workers. It's either that or tomorrow everyone will show up to work at 5 p.m. Seems to make sense. But Jesus is not here telling you how to run your business. He is saying, however, that God is giving his promise of the kingdom of heaven in a way that is not fair. And just as Peter was not able to keep track of how many times he needed to forgive someone else, you remember that last week? He also won't be able to keep track of his works or all that he's given up for the kingdom of heaven to guarantee that he deserves God's favor. This is what leads up to Jesus' parable, by the way, though we skip over it in the lectionary. You may recall how Jesus is approached by a rich young man who says he's followed every commandment and asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus says, ah, 
You look very holy, but you lack one thing. Go sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor. And this rich young man walked away dejected, Matthew tells us, because he had much. Well, then Jesus teaches a little bit about riches uh, and the kingdom of heaven. And finally, Peter pipes up and says, we have given up everything for you, Jesus. What then will we have in the kingdom of heaven? But whether it's riches or sorrows, things that we've gained or things that we've given up, we have a way of trying to keep track of these things and maybe keeping track of them for others as well. We want to keep track of our righteous deeds. Some days we call this virtue signaling, but it has no place in God's order of grace. There is a picture of justice and equality that we hold sacred. For some it may look one way, for others it might look another way. But neither picture of justice or equality will bring God's kingdom in. Likely these will only show our sins all the more. These dreams will show our need for Jesus' forgiveness, but they will not accomplish it. But here in this parable now, in a perhaps surprising way, Jesus shows that God's grace and peace come to you in a way that many would not believe. God's grace and peace come to you now in a way that is not fair or just or equal. Yet God comes to you in a way that is good and eternal. Now when something's not fair, it is children often, who are the first to sniff it out. They have a very good antenna for fairness. And how many times have I heard the complaint from my childhood out of my own mouth to my own children, this crosses the generations, that's not fair. You've heard it too. Now Jonah had the same response to God's gracious choosing. God called him to preach to the evil Ninevites. The Ninevites were hated. They... No one liked them, especially uh, Jonah's people. And Jonah did not want to go and preach to them. I don't want to go, he said. That's not fair. So he hops on a ship to get away from God, yet God creates a storm, a great storm. Probably caused lots of damage. And that's not fair. And the sailors threw Jonah overboard. That doesn't sound fair either. And he's swallowed or saved by a large fish or a whale and then spit up on the shore near Nineveh, of all places. That's not where he wanted to go, by the way. That's not fair. I want a refund for my ticket. But finally he did preach a very feeble-sounding sermon, as it's reported in, jo in the book of Jonah. Get where God's word is preached. There is the Holy Spirit making that word powerful. And the Ninevites did repent, and God spared them undeserving recipients of grace that they were. Not fair. And Jonah, as we heard today, rather than give thanks for God's grace, sulked. He retreated out of the city, built a booth or a tent, and sat under its shade. And God made a bush for him to sit under, which created more shade, a very nice thing, yet also a worm, which killed the bush and Jonah was left in the desert with a hot wind against his face. And he complained to God. He said, God, I knew this would happen. I knew that if I preached, you would have grace 
for the Ninevites. It's unfair. And then he says, it is better for me to die than to live. Yet God responded to Jonah that if he was upset about the bush dying, which he did not make, how much more could God be concerned about his own Ninevites who he created, yet who did not know their left from their right, who did not know God's word? God is concerned about the evil Ninevites. And God is concerned about you as well. And so he gets his word to you too. And so he chooses you too. Though it's not fair, it is good news. And his choosing you means that you, like the Ninevites, are repented of your sins. That is, all of your false identities and idols, they're taken and in their place, God gives you his perfection and peace. Now, that doesn't mean that life in this old world will look perfect. Yet you have the promise of Christ to rely on. It doesn't mean you will be outside of suffering, but you have the promise of Christ to hold you. And where Jonah, outside of faith, says, it is better for me to die than to live, and we might feel this way some days, Paul writing to the Philippians from prison because of his preaching, yet still in faith, says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And here in Christ is your freedom from sin and death. Given, even though you haven't put in a full day's work in the vineyard, it's given to you. Even though you haven't accomplished righteousness by the law, even though you may still be looking over your shoulder, looking to see what your brother has in his card or your sister in her card and comparing to make sure that they're equal, Jesus now comes to you. First in your baptism, as he did for little Briar. And then as you hear this word repeatedly and soon as you receive Jesus' body and blood, Jesus comes to make you his own, to make you perfect in him. It is not fair, but it is good. For Christ chooses you to receive his forgiveness and to give you the keys to the kingdom. Amen.